you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi and welcome to the official Good Morning Football Podcast. I'm Will Selvin. Here are the best moments from this week so far at the breakfast table. Wild Card Weekend certainly living up to its name. From a Colts upset in Houston to a last-second miss in Chicago. Let's find out what the breakfast table thought about some of the biggest moments from Wild Card Weekend. Bowls on to New Orleans. Brutal way for the season to end for these Bears. Five losses this season. Four of which were by three points or fewer. This one's going to sting for a while. And everybody's talking about Cody Parkey. And this is where it ends on this show at this breakfast table right now. He is not going to get the Steve Bartman treatment from Chicago, from NFL fans. Let's replay how this went down. Doink, doink. Al said it himself. And then a couple hours later, you have Cody Parkey, by the way, who gets a lot of credit for being in his locker when reporters came in and handling it really well. And then we sort of look back at the kick a little differently because on social media, it's pointed out that Trayvon Hester gets his hands on the ball, guys. What did you see? It's incredible, Kay, because everyone's saying double doink. It was a triple doink. Okay. Bears fans are waking up this morning. Not only did the kick hit the upright and the crossbar, it hit the phalanges too. It was three separate things. So someone other than Cody Parkey did not do their job here. Do you think Cody knew in the locker room talking to reporters, because he took the onus of it obviously and said, you know, did did he know that Trayvon got his hands on it? I don't know. He said he hit it good. He said he hit it well. I thought it went in, was playing for the wind. And we'll never know. Hit the inside of the crossbar, too. And then hits the – it's an insane, insane way to end a game. My thing is, he scored three field goals in this game. Khalil Mack, did you make huge sacks in this game? No. Did you give the ball to your most awesome playmaker, Tariq Cohen, more than four times? No. So, I, to put the blame on Cody Parkey, look, that has to stop now. That's I can't have that. No, listen, you're not going to put the blame on him, for sure. They, they had opportunities in this game to put it away, and they didn't. But – I will say this, Uh-oh. if you're a kicker, <laughs> you, to make the kick? you gotta make the kick. Well and you gotta kick it 
over the top of the outstretched hands of the defenders. So, listen, I'm not going to bash him because when Blair Walsh missed that field goal a few years ago, I was there sticking up for him. And I will stick up for Cordy Cordy Parker. You're right. He did make three field goals in this game. But still, though, one that counted, he didn't make it. I love the way he stood in the locker room and handled it like a man, though. It shouldn't have been an issue if it wasn't for the greatness of Nick Foles. Talk about it. I can't start the show and and not just empty the bag on Nick Foles. We know the Philly special last year, but I think right up there with the Philly special is fourth and goal to Golden Tate. The play call was sprint right option. It's a very standard West Coast offense play call. And Nick Foles in the biggest of moments – There is no quarterback I would rather have in the league. And I'll go one further. There might be no quarterback I would rather have in NFL history in a big moment (laughs) than Nick Foles. You can have your Elway, your Montana, and your Tom Brady. But when Nick Foles gets the ball with two minutes left against the number one defense in the world, has to go 60 yards, he orchestrates a 12-play, precise, incredible drive that goes the entire distance. And then there it was, fourth and goal, sprint right option, This is after a second and goal and third and goal where, you know, hey, it didn't work out. It's okay. There was never a moment of panic. These two discuss it, and here we go. Golden Tate, we made the trade for you. I trust you. It's the perfect pass, the perfect play. And after the game, we saw the postgame comments. Completely monotone. He's not surprised. He's not blown away. It was written. I talked about how it was mystical, how he's doing this. Forget mystical. It's faith. It is faith, and he's got faith in something way bigger than football, and Eagles fans have faith in something way bigger than just what's going on. It's in Nick Foles. There is no quarterback I would rather have in a big spot Mm. in the history of the NFL than Nick Foles. What an amazing drive. What an amazing performance. And to be so even keeled afterwards Mm. as if, of course, this is the story. Yeah. It's not arrogance. That is yeah. not what it is. It is just belief, and I am all in on it. Would you say it was written like Slumdog Millionaire? It could be. Underdog Millionaire? We, we are going to talk about Nick Foles the rest of the week, but the rest of our lives, Peter. We tell our grandchildren about it. It's like one of Aesop's fables mm. at this point. Um, this was a staggering, infamous defeat for the Chicago Bears. I mean, I, I was thinking of Mark Pryor and Kerry, like a sickening thing. It hurts. Sickening. If Foles came in and just lit them up, they ran into the wrong team in the wrong year. I get it. If Trubisky didn't have it, makes football sense. Trubisky had it. To lose like this in this weird triple doink home field deflating is the sickening gut punch of a feeling. And I will say this. Everyone's looking for a pound of flesh and everyone wants to deface somebody's wiki page and all that. Up five points, 448 left on your home field with the best defense in the world, and you let a backup quarterback go right down the field and mm. throw a touchdown to a third-string wide receiver. Where was Mack? Where was Floyd? Where were any of those guys on that drive? You can go ahead and pick out a kicker if you want to. It's beneath you. It should be as a human being. Where was that defense on the biggest drive of the season? Yeah. That's your pound of flesh for the offseason. Where was the offense for the first half of the That's game? A- Nick Foles turns the ball. Nick Foles wasn't perfect. He might be magical, but he's not perfect. Two turnovers you couldn't capitalize on. A lot of mistakes made for the Bears. That said, if you had told me in July or August that the Bears would win the division this year and be in the playoffs, I would have taken it and been happy. So there's some stuff to build on. Listen, you mentioned the best defense, right? Best defense in the world, the Chicago Bears. They got beat by the best defense on the field yesterday. It's true. Going into this game, what yeah. did we talk about? We talked about these two quarterbacks, right? Mitch Trubisky's young. Nick Foles, is he magical? But you know what? This Chicago Bears defense is going to win this game. <laughs> Chicago Bears defense every single day. If we heard it and we talked about it, what do you think the Eagles heard when they went to this game? 
They said, okay, we're going to show you who's the best defense. We're going to show you who can hold these running backs to just 36 yards. We're going to show you what defense out here can hold the Bears to five for 16 on third down. Mm -hmm. We're going to show you how we can let these guys get into the red zone but then stop them from scoring. They were 0-3 in the red zone. The best defense on the field was not the Chicago Bears. The best defense on the field was the Philadelphia Eagles. So if you want to talk about the magic in the air for Nick Foles, which we will do. Talk about it! We're going to talk about the magic <laughs> in the beast the magic on the other side of the ball. LeBlanc. I see you. LeBlanc is Philly. the lights out. LeBlanc. Eagles LeBlanc. Hey, and let me say this. Golden Tate is a baller. In Seattle, he was a baller. In Detroit, he was a baller. In Philly, he's a baller. In Notre Dame, he was a baller. Hey, he texted me this morning. He said, uh, tell Kay, sorry to disappoint. Oh, Golden Tate. Thanks, Sent the message to her. Amazing. Beautiful play by him, and he's been there before. Let's talk Ravens here. You hear John Harbaugh there, and he says... Sure, we had a conversation about putting Flacco in. Twitter, everybody was saying, put Flacco in. What did you guys think around that time of the game? I want to hear Kyle's thoughts. I, listen, we're, we're in an era where we're supposed to disavow our old bad takes and think we're right about everything. I was the guy saying, put Flacco in. Let's go. We're seeing the youngest quarterback in NFL history just played the worst half of quarterback in NFL history. They had nothing. Zero zilch. And they come out. It's 12 to nothing. There's all these reports that Flacco's warming up and he's going to go in. First drive of the second half, another three and outs. And I'm like, let's go. I, there's this idea that, like, the young quarterbacks, the rookie quarterback is confidence, and you don't want to mess with his head. To me, that's a complete BS. There is no tomorrow. You're in a home playoff game. The people are booing. You're, you're putting an F-minus first half, and you have a Super Bowl MVP sitting there, and in half you know you're going to have to throw. I'm saying let's go to Joe and deal with the damage afterwards. They didn't. Flacco turned, turned out to be the wrong decision because Lamar rallied, but 100% I wanted uh, Joe in, 100%. Do you think Joe would have done better than Lamar did in the second half of the game? We'll never know, mm -hmm. but Lamar did rally. You know, I mean, he, he, maybe Joe wins the game. And I don't then, know. And, and I think I was in the building. I went there yesterday. I was in the building as a fan, and I, I could tell you that in the crowd. Went as a fan. I, I mean, I went as the game. In the I was just yeah. in the stands. Yeah, the stands. Yeah. Yeah. But I wasn't working the game. I was just right. there because I was in Baltimore for the weekend, and I can tell you that the fans were not booing Lamar Jackson. Well, they, they, love, they were booing the play calling. Like, this mm. was the most atrocious game plan the first three quarters, as if they didn't want to win. 12 nothing. hand off up the middle, hand off up the middle, hand off up the middle, until Lamar Jackson was allowed to throw the ball and Talk allowed to make plays. There was no chance they were going to win that game. I will say this about Flacco. Everyone wants to think about Joe Flacco coming in and throwing two 60-yard bombs to win the game. What if Joe Flacco comes in and gets obliterated by the same defensive line that was obliterating Lamar Jackson mm -hmm. and he's got no juice? Do you then go back to Lamar and say, uh, actually, can, can you say what if What if Flacco comes in there and does play well? They still lose. What are you saying for the entire offseason for Lamar Jackson? When the game mattered most, we had no faith in you. So we got to get better. You're a young player. Yeah, Flacco's gone the next year. This team is still Lamar Jackson's. That's fair. It's not ideal. It's, but it's, listen, it's a playoff. you got to win this game. Yeah. you got to do anything you got to do. No question. Listen, enough is enough. Let's get rid of the Lamar Jackson can't throw. You know, leading up to this game, that's what everybody was saying. At halftime, that's what everybody was saying. In the first half, he had one pass that was over 10 yards plus. They didn't allow him to throw the ball down the field. In the second half, in the fourth quarter, my man had seven attempts, three for 99 yards. As we saw late in the game, he can throw the ball downfield. Mm -hmm. And to your point, Shregs, 
If you're not allowing him to throw up against a team that was stacking the box, there were points in the game where the Chargers brought three safeties they in. They had eight defensive backs in. Yeah. It felt like. Sitting in the box, though, yeah. because they were so scared of the run game. If you have that many guys with their eyes in the backfield, why not play fake and go over the top? Why not let your quarterback who can throw the ball go down the top? And if you're saying, well, he can't throw the ball, Nate, well, what about the game against the Chargers way through the 68-yard mm-hmm. bomb to Andrews, the tight end? All right, let's go back even further. Since he took over in Week 11, he has more passes of 10-plus yards down the field than Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, and Mitchell Trubisky. The coaches failed him? Yeah. So So who's to blame, Nate? Because it was the worst offensive performance I've ever seen in a playoff game three quarters. Who's to blame? He had negative two passing yards through three quarters. Who's to blame? Lamar Jackson won because he's a starting quarterback. And you have to take this. You are now the franchise quarterback, and you need to take the blame. Two, it is on the coaching staff and the play calling because if the box is loaded, you cannot sit there and say, all right, we're going to stick to our guns and run the ball, run the ball. They got you figured out. They understand exactly where the punches are coming from. You have to adjust. They should have adjusted and allowed the passing game to back up that Chargers defense Mm -hmm. like they did in the second half. It was no surprise in the second half that all of a sudden they start scoring once Lamar starts throwing. Let that be a lesson moving forward because Lamar Jackson is your QB. And what a great lesson for Lamar Jackson. The one thing, if they put Flacco in, he wouldn't have that great experience that he took from this loss that he can build on next season. I always fall in love with the complete teams. I've heard of figure that out about myself. I like a team that's got a good defense, can run the ball, and the quarterback is awesome or shows up when they need to. That's what they have. Cowboys, I have a lot of respect for them. They went in, got it done. You had Dak stepping up and making clutch plays. You have a game where Zeke has over 150. Amari Cooper has 100. The defense is doing their thing and limiting Chris Carson. It's just a complete, well-balanced team. Find me a hole in the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. You can't because Dak Prescott doesn't even have to have a transcendental crazy game and light up the scoreboard to come up when the moments matter. He does not steer clear of big moments. He shines in them. He absolutely does. And, you know, coming into this one, we said Dak had the most pressure out of all these young quarterbacks because of being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. It's a different deal than you're a quarterback of any NFL team. It's like being a shortstop for the Yankees. And this guy, time and time again, has proven that he wins 12-4 and in primetime and then this season as many fourth-quarter comebacks as anyone. And when it mattered most, Dak Prescott did the job. I'll say this. I look around the other young quarterbacks in their big playoff games this weekend. Deshaun Watson wasn't great. Lamar Jackson wasn't great. Trubisky played well, couldn't get the win. There was one guy, one guy who got the job done and never, never wavered. It was that guy, Dak Prescott. Mm. And he comes out of Victor, and he's going into L.A. Yep. where there are going to be a lot of Cowboys fans and a national primetime game again with Joe and Troy again in the Coliseum. And I would not be shocked if Dak did it again. <laughs> and then come Monday, everyone's like, well, is Dak really good? Yes, Dak is really good. Dak is really good. We, we all work in this industry. We know that the conversations about Dak always start with, does he have it? Big play. Big moment. Is he Breeze? Is he Rodgers? I will just say that Dak Prescott is not ours to pick on anymore. Let me give you a little context. 233 left. The Cowboys are up three points. It's a third and 14. You don't convert this. You're going to kick a field goal. You're going to go up six and hand the ball to Russell Wilson. It's easy. Fine. Maybe a defense makes play. Maybe they don't. What does Dak do? This was the Dak Prescott play. This is an iconic play in his career for the Cowboys. Kyle's banging the table. What is, what is the Dak Prescott play before this? He runs right past Bobby Wagner, first team all pro. Like yeah. It's no big deal. Dak's in one playoff game that we remember for Aaron Rodgers to Jared Cook. Yep. Regular season this, it's all Zeke. This is the Dak play. Print the poster, print the fathead, put it on your kid's wall, because that was number four saying, enough with you talk show producers, not this nonsense about do I have it or not. I got it right here for you, pal. Cowboys, great moment for Dak. Great moment. You know, I'm looking at 
the linebackers for this team, and they stand out to me more than any group of linebackers in the postseason. You look at what Russell Wilson and that number one ranked rush, te- rush, def- rush offense came in with Chris Carson, Mike Davis, Russell Wilson, held these guys to just 73 yards, mm. and they were flying around. There were moments where Van Der Esch was howling at the moon like Michael J. Fox and Team Wolf, mm-hmm. and then Jalen Smith playing spy to Russell Wilson. They had a great camera angle where Jalen Smith was just looking in the eyes of Russell. You move, I move. You go, I go. Red light, green light. Mm-hmm. Red light, green light. And as soon as he moved, he went. He kept these guys in check. He kept that team in check. And the reason I wanted to bring up the linebackers and how they kept the running game in check is because spinning it forward, which is what we do, Looking forward to this weekend, they're going to have to do the same thing. They're playing up against the Rams, yeah. who have Todd Gurley, mm-hmm. who is an absolute monster, who has the fresh legs. And if they want to beat the Rams, Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith need to come up big, need to play the best game of their life, because if they can shut down Todd Gurley, you have a great chance of shutting down the Rams. Looking mm-hmm. at the schedule, and it's crazy because Chris Carson, like three straight games of over 100 yards, yeah, hold to 20 yards. Unbelievable what they did. And I'm looking at it from Rams' perspective. Like, everyone's saying, oh, they wouldn't have wanted to play Chicago. Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, held them to three points, or six points, rather, and Chicago's defense is number one. Like, no way. The Rams do not want to see the Cowboys mm-hmm. because they're a more balanced team, more complete team, and that defense is scary. And because of them being the Cowboys and having training camp in Oxnard, there is a huge Cowboys fan base yeah, out in I L.A. about and that. I'm telling you, it... This was, the Bears fans were going to travel. Yeah. Cowboys fans live in mm. L.A. And, like, this is a whole other deal. And I, I don't know if this is a huge home field advantage for the Rams on Saturday okay. night. Prime time under the lights. Troy Aikman, former Cowboy, in the <laughs> oh, call. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on. It feels almost like this could have been the Cowboys' yeah. pick of destiny, the way this is going. Do they have wolves in L.A., Nate? <laughs> I know they got cougars. Do they I got think, wolves? Oh, man. <laughs> Fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs> Take a look at Nick Foles on the fourth. Am I using my voice right? Yes. Fourth yes. down this season, including the playoffs. He's six for seven with four touchdowns. <laughs> Let's talk about this Eagles squad. And you can't really talk about this one without comparing them to last year's. So that's pretty much what we see is happening yet again. The 2017 playoff run. Nick Foles under center for the Birds then, too, of course. Does this run feel the same or different? I get accused of hyperbole a lot from the fans of this show that I'm a prisoner of the moment and I go big and I say things like I'd rather have Nick Foles and Tom Brady in a big spot. If they go on to win the Super Bowl, it is the greatest run in the history of the sport. Go on. Hear me out on this. Go on. Their starting quarterback goes down. They put in Nick Foles. And these are road victories. Yeah. They won in L.A. on a Sunday night that no one thought. They went home against the Texans. They went in Washington. And then to win in Chicago... And now is the greatest challenge of all. If you can go into New Orleans where no man has ever beaten Sean Payton and Drew Brees in a playoff game in the Superdome, no man has ever done it as a quarterback, if you can go into that building, come out as a victor, and then win two more games in the Super Bowl, it's over. Put all the chips in. It's the greatest single-season run in the history of the sport. It's one thing to do it with a bye and at home like last year with the underdog mask. They weren't really underdogs. They were home field number one yeah, seed, everyone. Yeah. It was a nice story in the locker room, but they weren't the real underdogs. Yeah, it was a big story. Now they are the real underdogs. Yeah. To go on the road into L.A. and win. To go on the road into Washington. Is this the win. Super Bowl in New Orleans? Like, if the Eagles win in New Orleans. Could anyone stop them if they, don't, if they win this game? Or if New Orleans wins. I mean, what a game. This is crazy. So this it's run, different, but it's the same. It is so much more to me because it's 
on the road mm-hmm. and you're packing bags and you're carrying this team on and they're the sixth seed. They're not the one seed. It's yeah. a fantastic story. Yeah. And as much as everyone wants to resist this Eagles story, I would encourage <laughs> you to embrace it. It gives you a chance to believe and a chance for hope. I'm not picking them just yet for yeah. this game because this is a tall order, but this story is as good as you will ever see in football. It's more impressive this year. Absolutely. The Eagles right now on the same run with a different twist. Mm-hmm. It's like watching a movie for the second time, okay. but catching all the bonus features. Easter eggs. 40-year-old version <laughs> is one of my favorite movies. Sure. But then when you get the Blu-ray, the DVD, you get all the bonus features. You're like, oh, man, this is even better the mm-hmm. second time around. And to your point, Shregs, they go on a Super Bowl run. This is the best year-to-year from Super Bowl to Super Bowl NFL has ever seen with Nick Foles as the main character in this storyline. I say this is a, the same movie with different features because there are different players. Golden Tate, mm. Michael Bennett. Haloti Nata. Haloti Nata. Dallas Goddard. Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles was injured last year. Jordan Hicks, like a laser last They're night. popping in this same DVD and we're like, I saw this before. But it's different, though. So just like 40-year-old virgin, Nick Foles will turn 30 in a couple weeks. Okay. After this run he goes on, he's going to be a $100 million quarterback. <laughs> and instead of 40-year-old virgin, it's going to be... 30-year-old splurging because he's about to make a lot of money. That's good. Splurging. Interesting um, word choice. Yeah. Cultivator I, of the true. shrine. Yeah. Go splurge. I, I am, um, I'm not a man Surprise. of... It's all right. It's, it, I'm not a man of faith. It's nickname. And I also don't believe in nonsense. Like, I, I will walk under a ladder while I'm breaking a mirror and I'm black. Yeah. I don't care about any of yeah. that stuff. I start to watch this team and I... The fact that they advanced... With the triple doink off the fingers and the upright right. and the crossbar. Yeah. That's crazy. stupid. It doesn't happen. Like, I'm starting to believe in that stuff. Um, and I think this one is better, okay? I think it's better. A year ago, they're sitting at home this week. Yeah. Let's take a week off, just chill, and come into our house and we'll beat you, we'll beat you not. They went to Soldier Field and won right off the lake and the conditions. And the way, here's the thing about the, that gets me fired up too it's that O line and D line are starting, the hungry dogs thing. That old line now in this run, yeah. they face they face JJ, they face Donald, they face Matt. How many sacks, Kyle? Zero. Lane Johnson and Peters and all and Brandon Brooks and that's the reason they won the Super Bowl. As much as we love Foles, it's those dogs. Hey, is Fletcher Cox playing well. He's, he's the dog, Peter, and it's like all at the right time. I'm starting to believe in this nonsense BS up in the stuff. It's not. I believe, Kay. I need to be rebaptized. And they run. Yeah. They won. We got you, Kyle. Ball for 42 yards. So cl- everybody, close your eyes. You dunk me in a river. Close your eyes. Okay. Can you picture Nick Foles? Yep. Taking his team into New Orleans and outdueling Drew Brees. Just answer me that. Yeah. I kind of can. <laughs> Every team Can you picture is it actually happening? Point. Because the, the advantage that I will give Nick Foles is that it was so clear that he gives zero you-know-what. Zero. So this whole story about the atmosphere and what's going on in the Dome, that magic meets this magic, it is, it's not magic. Foles just doesn't care. He has nerves of steel. He's allergic to pressure. He eats it for breakfast. He doesn't care. And he goes out there with nothing to lose. The doink-doink yeah. happened, and my heart fell out of my body, and he just goes, yeah. Casual, like, oh, yeah, we won. Cool. Great. Press conference. Oh, yeah, they were a good team. So Uh, the... Been there. Done that. What's scary about the Dome, I don't think is scary to Nick Foles. I don't either. But Drew Brees is pretty scary. It's magical, man. Colts move on to face the Chiefs in Kansas City on Saturday, followed by the Chargers in Foxborough to take on the Patriots on Sunday. So biggest takeaways from the Colts and Texans. 
Well, listen to Frank Reich right there. He, he said it perfectly. He said, we know we can throw for 400 and win a game if we need to. We have Andrew Luck. Some say he's the best quarterback in football. But when we win like this, run the ball and stop the run, like, that's what matters. And we talk about it all the time in the postseason. It's about playing good defense, punishing opposing run games, but then when you need to run the ball, you can do it. And Marlon Mack was phenomenal. He had a buck 48. He's an awesome player. He got busy. He's an awesome player. I that's love a him. great way to say it. There's nothing more that needs to be said. I mean, when you look at the totality of it, they rushed for 200 yards. And that's an amazing feat when you have such a team that can go with any other squad and have high-flying scoring games just saying, you know what, let me turn around and hand the ball off and make my quarterback's job easy, which is scary moving forward for teams facing the Colts. No doubt. I mean, I had this hot take last week. We had to put out bold predictions. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to say this, and I'll be completely honest. I didn't completely believe it, but I said, Andrew Luck's not going to get sacked in this game. J.J. Watts on the other side of the field. That's, that's okay. He's only been sacked 18 times in 17 games. They did not touch. They pressured Luck four times. Zero sacks in this game. So you heard Wright talking about the offensive line and how it's been playing lights out. To me, the one strength that the Chiefs defense has to move this forward is getting after the quarterback. Justin Houston, Chris Jones, uh, D. Ford. So if the offensive line can sort of neutralize that and get them to stop doing that, I don't see how Andrew Luck can't go into Arrowhead and win this game. Okay, to your point, they were 32nd in the league in sacks allowed last amazing. year. amazing. They were the worst. Seconds. They were the worst. Do you know what they, like, come along on yeah. my shift. Do you know what they are now? They were first in the league in sacks allowed. <laughs> they only go up 18 sacks. They have 54 sacks. And you know what it all started? Started from the bottom, now we're here. It, it might all start with the offensive coordinator. It might all start with the coach. It might all start with the running game. Starts with a number sixth overall pick. This Talk about it. This kid Nelson came in with more hype for an offensive lineman than ever in the history of the draft. I was told by a very respected GM okay. that this guy will be a Hall of Famer. And we had fun Before the it. draft. Before the draft, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Make his gold jacket. A guard. And we did a bunch of jokes about Quentin Nelson's yeah. gold jacket before he even suited up. Well, guess what? In the biggest moment of the biggest game, Quentin Nelson stared down the number one overall pick from a few years ago and did this to him. Are no, don't do it. Don't yeah. do it. Oh! Oh, my goodness. That's Jadavian Clowney just getting manhandled. That's Jadavian Clowney? Quentin Nelson being swallowed. This is a man-child. This is a beast. This is everything you ever want an offensive lineman to be. Oh, that's so good. And kudos to the front office because it ain't just him. Ryan Kelly's playing his butt off. How about Braden Smith, the second-round pick, who plays the other tackle spot, is amazing. Also, the Colts offensive line, it's not fun to talk about offensive line. It might be the best in football. Kudos to that front office for building what might be a brick wall in front of Andrew Vaughn. That highlight's incredible. Um, we try to celebrate the personal interest stories, you know, the personalities, the people off the field. I think it is really cool that the Colts showed up to Houston on their bye week. They didn't have to be there. They could have spent any time. They all showed up. They got a sweat. They got to work. They could have been on the beach somewhere with their family. They wanted to show up during a bye week and work. I will say, Frank Reich, I think, is going to be the coach of the year. I don't want to call him into question. I think he left his guys in a little too long. All you wanted to do out of that game was get a quick sweat, <laughs> hit the mitts a few I mean, times. Texans. Get them out. Talk about Texans. And I, listen, I will call the Texans. I would have. I thought the classy thing for the Texans should have. They should have done. Give the Colts a look. Simulate the Chiefs a little bit. If Deshaun Watson wants to do some no-look passes, Kyle. run some of that Chiefs. Because that wasn't a game, guys. That was a quick sparring session for the Colts. I'm going to punch you in the face three times. Let's get the hell out of here. Texans no was. show, huh? I mean, all seriousness. Zero. That was one of the that worst. That was a nothing. That was to a not nothing. show up in a playoff game. I hope the Chiefs show up next week. Don't play the Colts. Don't do it. <laughs> Hit the mitts. See you later. Biggest takeaway from the Chargers' victory in Baltimore. Melvin, you, my friend, were there. I was in the building, and Melvin Ingram just said something. He said, ASAP coming, and no one, you know, ASAP, ASAP is a mantra the team has adapted. Any squad, mm. any place. Mm. ASAP. Woo. 
The Chargers have now won games this season in Los Angeles, in Buffalo, mm. in Cleveland, in London, in Seattle, in Oakland, in Pittsburgh, mm. in Kansas City, in Denver, and they just went into the building of the number one defense in the league and out-defensed them tenfold. The Chargers didn't just come in there and play their game. The Chargers came in there and played Ravens football and played it far better than the Ravens ever possibly could. That defensive performance three and a half quarters into this game was as dominant a defensive performance that we have seen by any team in the league this year. The Chargers sucked the life out of not only the Ravens, not only Lamar Jackson, but the Ravens fan base that came ready yeah. to rock. I'll tell you what, yeah. the opening possession, this was after Ed Reed took the coin toss, Ray Lewis came out of a tunnel. Yep. The Ravens have to get the ball on offense, and the Chargers dominated right away. Any momentum, any emotion was sucked right out. This Chargers team, I almost feel like they're better off on the road. And I spoke with Chargers executives before the game. There was no doubt they were coming to play this one. Foxborough's next. ASAP is coming. Any squad, any place, any time zone. You want to play us at 10 a.m. local? We'll be there. The Chargers are not to be messed with. Mm. Really quickly, just to to what you were saying about stopping the run, holding them to 90 yards on the ground that nobody's been able to figure it out. Melvin Ingram. On the biggest stage, had your best day of your career. I'm looking as a Chicago fan, not to say anything bad about Khalil Mack, but where was he in this game? You know, when you need a guy to step up, Melvin Ingram did that. Seven tackles, two sacks, a forced fumble. He was everywhere. Best performance of his career, so credit to him. I don't know. They forced a bunch of turnovers. They did their thing. And I just want to also give a quick shout-out to Gus Bradley because you look at these losses that they've had to the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Ravens in the first, first time around. The second time, whatever he's doing, whatever adjustments he's making, they are course correcting and winning those games. No doubt. You know, you mentioned it, the road. On the road again. And here they are, right back in a situation where they're comfortable. Let me tell you guys something at home. Football players and coaches lie to you and they say, defense travels, good running game travels, uh, you know, great off. All that stuff is BS. You know what travels? Hmm. Your mind. The fact that these guys are confident. Anytime, any place, anywhere, any team, any field, mm. the mindset travel. That's the first thing to get off the plane. That's the first thing to go on the field. That's the first thing that you go to when times get rough is the mind. And their mindset is better than any team in a postseason. It's an incredible mindset. I had something in common with Phillip Rivers. I had a great dad day during this game. My son Calvin's a five-year-old. He got a bike from Santa Claus. Really, totally unassembled. And my wife, Brooks, leaving the house, she goes, you need to put that bike together today or I can call someone to do it. And I go, no, no, don't call someone. I can put it together. She gives me this look like, yeah, sure you will. She leaves. I spend the whole afternoon putting this thing together piece by piece. It works. It runs. She comes home. And I had a moment just like Phil did yesterday. People don't think Phil can run. Just like they didn't think I could put that bike together. <laughs> Phil said, let me tell you something about my running. Enough of the more. I'm out of the pocket. Here we go. <laughs> Phil's getting down. CJ Mosley hits him. Phil, what do you got to say for yourself after they say you can't run? Ba-ba-ba-ba-bam! Oh, yeah! <laughs> it, it was such a great celebration. Look at the way he gets up. So like uncharacteristic. I love that. On a weekend in which Steve Smith correctly smashed Deshaun Watson for doing the first down point. Phil was, Brooke got home. I go... <laughs> and then I go over to the stairs and I go... Yeah, yeah, that was it. Oh, my God. And it didn't work. But I tried. Suit your your shot. No, no, no. Suit your shot. You got to go up center O. What about me? The bike was great. Yeah, Better build a motorcycle for that car. Oh, center O. What about the O? Great dad day, though. Great dad day for me and Phil. Let's go around the the, uh, table here and say who won Wild Card Weekend in your eyes. 
I'm going to go with the running back for the Colts, uh, Marlon Mack. Yeah. He won the week. Hey, 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 don't look now. Don't look now, guys. But the Colts are a running team. Mm. How scary is that? That as good as Andrew Luck is, as well as he can do with his wide receivers and playmakers, Marlon Mack can hold it down. How about a single-game playoff record with a buck 48? Marlon Mack, you won the week, my brother. Can I just make a personal guarantee based on nothing? Yeah. The Colts have a ton of cap space. They will not bring in Le'Veon Bell no, in the offseason. I will guarantee it because he's great. Their locker room is great. I think that's over. Um, Another running back we all love, Melvin Gordon. I think he is, when he's healthy, I think he's the best player on the whole Chargers team. I love him. He was in Baltimore over the weekend, and on Saturday, like anyone else would, he uh, pulled up the old Rideshare app, <laughs> and uh, sure enough, he rolled camera on his driver. Watch this. This is awesome. So you think the, you think the Ravens going to the Super Bowl? Oh, man, no, listen. You see the enthusiasm and the mo- motivation. What does that mean? They're playing as a team. So what about the Chargers? You don't think the Chargers are going to oh, be hell no. You, you don't listen. Phillip Rivers, you don't even have to worry. <laughs> Phillip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. Listen, that don't make no difference. This guy's a Heisman Trophy winner. Because you got two Heisman Trophy winners over there now. He played a Heisman Trophy winner last week and beat him. I think that Char- Chargers got a good running game, too. I like that. I like that Melvin Gordon. you play any sports yourself? Nah, I just, I'm just, I'm a big fan. But I, I, but I, I, the Chargers been doing well this year. I like the running back they got too. Yeah, the Chargers was 12 and two or something like that. 12 and four, I think. Oh, okay. Well, the Chargers been doing real good. What about that? that what about that running back, that Melvin Gordon kid, the running back? Oh yeah, he's 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 seven. He's seven. Well, I'm Melvin Gordon, man. I'm uh, I'm the running back for the Chargers, man. You're a running back. I'm for the, the running car. back for the Chargers, man. Give me a card. <laughs> Are you just telling me that? I'm just, I'm being honest. I'm being completely honest with you. You're running back for the Chargers. I'm the running back for the Chargers. Here, sign this right here, fellas. <laughs> 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 That's great. Gordon played a gutsy game. He got knocked out. He came back. He scored. I, I like at one point in another part of the clip, yes. the driver starts backpedaling a little bit. He goes, you got to realize I'm in Baltimore. I got to talk craziness here. You know, I'm mean, thinking about people in Baltimore. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. That's right, right? got to talk craziness yeah, in Baltimore. Yeah. Baltimore. Gordon tweeted this morning that the driver gave him a one-star rating as a passenger. Oh, I'm just kidding. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Sure Melvin awesome. Gordon was awesome. I love the way that team came prepared to play also. Who won the week for me is Anthony Lynn. Earlier this year, I said he's my NFL coach of the year. I thought Anthony Lynn coached his butt off yesterday. And I think the way this team came out after losing on national television three weeks ago to the same very Ravens team, and then to go into Baltimore and not Say, we're going to play Chargers. They played Ravens football, and they played Ravens football better than the Ravens did. I'm going with Anthony Lynn. He won my week. Heck of a job, Coach. You get to play New England next week. In New England, Anthony Lynn taking – and they're well built to do some things to the Patriots. Who do the Patriots try to take out of that game? You know they, mm. they take away yeah, your best Yeah, take away thing. the best thing. They're yeah. taking away left-handed. Melvin yeah. Gordon? Yeah. What yeah. are you doing here? Um, three of us at the table picked the Texans yeah. to win. Now we're all making jokes about how the Texans didn't show up. People mm-hmm. are subscribing to the Travis Scott Kardashian curse is the reason that they dropped this game Whoa. at home in Houston. But the truth is the winner of the week was Kyle. Kyle, you've been supporting the Colts. Yeah. You know, you called it way back when, before even a little bit of a bandwagon started to happen. And people took notice, yeah. the Colts particularly, and they sent you this. I got a shirt! Oh! oh. 1% better every day. That's Unbelievable! From the Colts organization. 1-0! and oh. Only the this real diehards. This is really, really nice. This came from Indianapolis? It's apparently a very exclusive t-shirt. Okay, nice. we'll keep going. They're going to need a 4-0 and oh one when they come in February in the playoffs, baby. Get out the way! Get out. This is an awesome shirt. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Yeah. You know, Andrew Luck. Me, it's from the Colts. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, Colts. Indianapolis. Oh, kid. 
It's incredible. It's one thing for me to shout out, get out the way, get out the way. Then they go to the Texans and punch them in the Killed face it. 21 to nothing. The hottest team in the NFL, I think they're going to win this weekend. It's early. You sort of found the Eagles at an interesting time last year when not everybody was on board and you recognized something yeah. in them. Do you feel the same way about the Colts, or how do you describe that? Sure, yeah. There could be a disrespect factor. There could be a no one believes in Indianapolis as a city factor. Oh, Monday yeah. morning, right now. Give me a percentage chance they beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead this weekend. 100. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I put all in, all my chips. I can go broke. I'll be wearing a barrel if they lose to the Chiefs. Yeah, out of your mind. 100%. All turn in Arrowhead. I'm leaving. 100%. You're out of your mind. Tomorrow, bye. 100%. See ya. Hey, he tripping. Love he old one. City. When you're constantly on the go, there's not much time to think about upgrading your style or apartment. That's why you'll love getting a new box of awesome from Bespoke Post every month. Experience quality and unique products at boxofawesome.com. To get started, visit boxofawesome.com and answer a few short questions that will help them get a feel for your style. Each box costs less than 50 bucks, but has more than $70 worth of unique gear waiting inside. The first of each month, you'll receive an email with your box details. You'll have five days to make changes, or if you're not feeling that month's box, then simply skip it. From barrel aging kits to limited edition cigars, weekend bags to classy dop kits, Bespoke Post offers essential goods and guidance for the modern man. To receive 20% off your first subscription box, go to boxofawesome.com and enter Good morning at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com. Code good morning for 20% off your first box. Bespoke post theme boxes for guys that give a damn. We're always here to learn new things each week, and Wildcard Weekend was no different. Here's what the breakfast table learned from the action in the throwdown round. We cannot wait for this weekend. Every Tuesday, though, we like to share what we learned when what Wild Card Weekend taught us. We can put a bow on it and look full steam ahead oh. to the throwdown round. Let me What'd sit you back learn, and relax. <laughs> What'd you learn? Okay. I learned that these midseason trades are game changers for teams around the league. Players like Golden Tate, Amari Cooper making huge, significant contributions and just, just – Big plays on Wild Card Weekend, and it's proof that all it takes sometimes is a little bit of change and to be daring enough to do it. Let's start with Golden Tate. Mr. Go-Ahead after the weekend, after hauling in the game-winning touchdown late in the fourth, he showed Eagles fans exactly why Howie Roseman gave him the call, right? Why they traded for him. Big plays in big games, okay? So, Golden Tate, we talked about it in Cool Plays, bro. This, he's going to be a contributor. They don't even have a lot of chemistry, these two, and they're making it happen. Then there's a new guy down in Dallas, right? Amari Cooper leading the Cowboys in receiving yards, receiving touchdowns. That's crazy. He was the first Cowboys wide receiver with 200 or more receiving yards and three touchdowns since Michael Irvin. Yeah, and guys, he did that in nine games. Mm-hmm. Nine games. What did he do on Wild Card Weekend? Seven grabs, over 100 yards. His third 100-yard receiving game with the Cowboys. And keep your eyes out this weekend, by the way, for another guy acquired by a trade, Dante Fowler with the Rams. Since joining them in Week 9, he racked up 21 tackles, two sacks in a crucial fourth quarter, forced fumble on Russell Wilson back in Week 10. It's not like this is the first time this happened. Anybody remember Jay Ajayi last year with the Eagles? Think he had a little something to do with the fact mm-hmm. that they won the Super Bowl? Be on the lookout for these guys making big plays and big moments on their new rosters. It is a whole new wave at the right time. And I was talking to Hamilton for the show. Shrakes, a lot of this has to have to do with the fact they moved the deadline back. Yeah, they moved it back to a couple of weeks. And, and you look that, at- But at that point, you got to look as a team, say, like, you know what you need yeah, more are than we, you Are we buyers before. or are we sellers? And yeah. what do we need? Where, right. is that person? I'd also Where say- are we at in our team? Should yeah. we go for it? So, like, moving this trade deadline, more, more of these midseason trades should be happening. And oh, yeah. more of them should be working out. 
I'd say last year the Eagles pulling the trigger on bringing in Jay Ajayi was a message to the rest of the league. It's okay to add a piece to your team. Right. Don't you get better? And guess what? It's worked for the Eagles again, and Amari Cooper might be the greatest in-season acquisition since Khalil Mack. Mm. Hey. <laughs> since Khalil Mack. Yeah. Moving back another this week. year. Right? You got to go for it, Kyle. Since I love it. Um, it has been a, a very tough week in Chicago, Illinois, Hallis Hall, Lake Forest, Illinois, um, and all because, you know, a year ago they were a last-place team. They were going nowhere. It was a spectacular year for the Chicago Bears. And we know it all ended um, on this play at Soldier Field, the Cody Parkey missed field. We saw it. We know it. We've seen it a million times. We now have a doink sound effect here. Added sound effect. Yeah, it's becoming satirical, and um, it really was a crazy, crazy image. Um, but that's not even the beginning of it. Because, guys, back when I was in college, I had a giant poster up on my wall in my room, and it was Michael Jordan hitting the last jump shot over Brian Russell in oh, yeah. Utah. And the crazy thing about this photograph that a lot of people know is that as the ball's going through the net, you can see at least a 1,000 Jazz fans and their exact emotions as the ball went through the net, and they knew that Jordan had beat them again. We have something similar at Soldier Field. Let me show you what I mean. Bring up the picture. I'm going to go up and address this picture from Soldier Field, okay. guys. Because as the Parky field goal yeah. went off the fingers and off the upright and off the crossbar, there's a million Bears fans right here just watching it. And it's, it's crazy. I mean, look at this ball here. It's all the way out at the five-yard line. It hit that crossbar so hard. You see, just as the referees are starting to signal no good, what, I, what we really learned is that we saw the whole spectrum of human emotion in these reaction shots. You name an emotion, it was there. I'll start with the simple one. Rage. Guys, look at Rage. As this kick goes up, I'm going to show you a young man here down in the front. Watch him right up here. Tony, you get this guy right here. That is the guy who is displaying Rage. He takes uh. off his hat and literally spikes it to the ground. He's got what appears to be a sweetness jersey over an orange sweatshirt. The guy next to him almost does it in unison. 100%. I feel like I know this guy. I feel like he went to Downers Grove South High School, the Mustangs. He's probably a little too young for the 80s Super Bowl. He was a kid younger for that Rex Grossman Super Bowl. This was going to be his Super Bowl. He's been in the front row. You know he paid for those tickets, and he's showing rage, all right? And I feel that guy. I spiked that hat with him. How about just disbelief? Never mind the rage... Look at this dude right here. Look at him in what appears to be an Erlacher throwback. I think this is what the kids are calling the surrender cobra, yep. where you're just hands up and it's a wrap. We have joy here. I don't know if that's an Eagles fan. A lot of the fans who were showing joy thought that the kick went in. This dude right here, I have him at Highland Park High School, the Giants, even younger. Doesn't remember any of that stuff. He was he cut his teeth on the Cutler era, pure disbelief. How about this one? This is an interesting one. How about confusion or delusion? Now, let me tell you something about the fans. They want to participate. They want to break the fourth wall. They want to be part of this moment. Guys, this is a guy who brings a target to a game, all right? His whole point is that we sit in the end zone. Is this just me or is the target slightly askew? Say, put it right in the middle if that's the case. If I'm target guy, either yeah. I want this seat right here or I am handing it to the guy in there or the woman. Are you blaming target guy now? It well, doesn't help. The fact is he did miss <laughs> it left and the target is slightly it's, right. It's not in line with. If you're Cody Parkey and you kick it and you get iced and you're waiting around on the timeout and you're just blah, blah, blah. You look up and there's a target. Sometimes in Major League Baseball, they got a guy in the outfield that says, hit it here. He's not sitting in foul territory. All I'm saying is it should be a little responsibility next year. Target guy, I want you right <laughs> here. I love the target guy, all right? I just want him Show right the here. the fans in that section. There's a responsibility say, hey, yeah. to move in. Hey, guys, you can have our seats. Yeah. <laughs> if you got a bleeping target, sit in our seats. All right, next. Um, resignation. There was one of the stars of this moment, if there is one. As we see the kick, 
This my man. That's Staley the Bear. Not the Bear. Staley the Bear. Goes back to the Decatur Staley's as the Bears used to be known. It's not funny, but it's kind of funny. It's, it's like, good. listen, in the mascot world, this is good mascoting. It's appropriate action for the moment. <laughs> oh he has as to take care of wave it off. I, I actually was it's a little worried bad. about Staley the Bear. I don't know if that was like reality taking say, over. But he just goes down. Right. I mean, he's sitting. Because think about it. Tony, think about this. He's on his knees. This is the biggest moment. I'm about to explode because we're going to the playoffs. And then it's just... <laughs> and I don't think Staley's gotten up yet, and I respect Staley. But I'm going to bring it back to the table, guys, because this is more important here. There was one final emotion that was slightly earlier in this game, and it was the emotion that's the most important one. It's the emotion of hope. And let me show you where the emotion of hope comes from. Go ahead and roll it. Here's your franchise quarterback with the season on the line throwing the best pass of the year to your number one wide receiver. That's hope my friends. And I sit there as a native Chicagoan. I try to be as objective as I can, but I'd be lying if I said there wasn't some of the eight-year-old kid in me that comes out in Soldier Field. And I see hope, and I find myself so excited I can hardly sit still. <laughs> I hope the Super Bowl ring is as beautiful as it's been in my dreams. I hope I see my friend Matt Nagy and shake his hand. And I will say this, remember, Red, <laughs> hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. I know you got mascots passing out, but you got a lot of hope for the future. It's a hell of a year for the Bears. Hell of a, what we learned, Kyle. We're going to need redemption from that Shawshank. That's, that's, you know what, Nate? That's, that's good wordplay. He shanked it. He did shank Shaw it. Shanked it. He did shank I want to be Dufresne out of the sewer like this, <laughs> raining on me, right? So what I learned is that Leighton Vanderish and Jalen Smith are the big bad wolves of the NFL. For those of you who don't know, Leighton Vanderish has been dubbed the Wolf Hunter by Dallas coaches after he showed them a photo of wolves he hunted in Alaska. And he's brought that persona with him with this signature wolf howl. So yeah. pay attention to how many wolf references I could sneak in here. Let's do it. Here we go. All right, let's start with Leighton. White Fang Vanderish yes. drafted in... The, drafted 19th overall Jack to the Cowboys back in April. Now this guy showed us quickly that he's hungry like the wolf's tricks. All right. He's made his opponents look like little piggies. This big bad wolf huffed and puffed, and he knocked the ball carrier down. Number two in the league in solo tackles this year. Then there's the other young wolf, Jalen of House Smith. I like it. You know what I'm saying? We might as well call him Wolf Blitzer because he pressures the <laughs> QBs so much. Listen, he also recovered a fumble and returned it for a touchdown. Now, that's what I call dances with wolves. Yeah, Tatanka. But why do these two guys scare defenses like Liam Neeson in the gray? It's because they work together as a pack. And they know how to stop both the run in mm. the pass. You know, like Kanye said, we surrounded by the freaking wolves. And now they're looking to take down the Rams in L.A. Sure, Sean McVay is boy wonder. But when it comes to, you know, play calling, we give him credit for that. But these two guys are going to try to make him look like the boy who cried wolf. So listen to the blue and white wolves howling at the moon in Dallas. This one's for oh, you. Here we go. Oh! I see you. The Wolves of Ball Street. Wolf Blitzer is good too, man. Like the Wolves of Ball Street. Show my go for the air after that one. No, that's really, that's really it. good. The Wolves the great. of Wall Street. Shout out to Jack London, you said. <laughs> yes, Jack London and Leo DiCaprio. Call the Wild White Fang. The Gray was crazy, too. Leo DiCaprio was in that? Wasn't Liam Neeson fighting wolves? No. Wolves. Wall was he, like, he was fighting wolves with uh, airplane liquor bottles. Liquor bottles? I will skin you with a bottle yeah, you're going to that fight. <laughs> Movie cut off after that. He ain't making so it. so good. It's a wrap. What's up, Jordan <laughs> Belfort? Yeah. Uh, here we go. Uh, what I learned. I learned this week that Patrick Mahomes has more than just a playoff game to win this weekend. He's got an entire city, an entire fan base, and 24 years 
of heartache, pain, and torture to expunge as well. Is that too much to say on the show? Is that an exaggeration? Have you spoken to a Chiefs fan this week? Look, I, I knew that Chiefs fans had some scar tissue for some bad January disappointments over the last quarter century, but I had no idea the extent of that misery until I was more or less adopted by their fan base for being a fan of Patrick Mahomes earlier this season. It has been crazy. The tweets, the emails, the texts from people with 816 area codes who I don't even have their number wow. saying, what about this game? Oh, I can't sleep. <laughs> This is more than just message board fodder on Arrowhead Pride or an aw shuck situation. This has become all-encompassing. And if you're not aware of the facts, A, you're not a Chiefs fan who's been through it, or B, you're not watching sports TV this week. Guys, Kansas City is 0-6 in playoff games played in Arrowhead Stadium since 1994. And each one of those losses has its own sad story, and every Chiefs fan knows exactly where they were when Lynn Elliott missed the field goals, when Peyton Manning marched up and down the field and punters were nowhere to be seen. And last year, when Marcus Mariota threw a pass that was deflected off a Hall of Fame cornerback <laughs> who we acquired midway through the season, and it went off his hands, into Mariota's hands, and then right into the score. Stuff like that doesn't happen in no, the regular season. No. Stuff like that doesn't happen on the road. It seems to only happen in Arrowhead. <laughs> in, in, Lynn Elliott was one of the best kickers in football. He missed three field goals in a 10-7 loss. Oh. <laughs> but guys, okay. those Chiefs teams... They didn't have something that this one does. Okay. They didn't have Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback. Mm. And those teams didn't have a guy who can do this. Fourth and nine against the Ravens. Look out. Oh, here we go. Home field advantage and a division title on the line. Finds Tyreek oh. Hill. Unbelievable. They didn't have a quarterback who could do this on Monday night when it's not available with my right hand. Let's switch it to my left hand. Keep the ball going. Move the chains. A left-handed pass? Are you kidding? Steve Bono <laughs> was not doing this, okay? I'm Trent sorry. Green didn't have that. Matt I love Castle Trent. didn't have that. And I assure you, Elvis Gerback could not do this. Woo! That was from the preseason. <laughs> the wolf is back. That ball has not landed yet. That is a 70-yard pass in the air. And, guys, nothing against those guys, Bono or Gerback or Green or Gannon or Alex Smith or Castle. Those guys were all fine quarterbacks. But those Chiefs teams that lost those six games did not have the likely league MVP suiting up for them. This goes out to Paul Rudd. This goes Go out to Rob Riggle. Got to do it. This goes out to Jason Sudeikis, to Melissa Etheridge, to the folks who run that delicious Gates barbecue. Yes. Guys, the Red Sox couldn't beat the Yankees until they did it. The Cubs couldn't win a World Series until they did it. In the 70s, the Royals could not beat the Oakland A's until 1976 when they freaking did it. It is time to get rid of the curse, and the difference is that man, Patrick Mahomes. Don't live in fear. Believe, believe, believe. Saturday afternoon is a new day, and it will all change because a 23-year-old future MVP is going to exercise demons for everyone in Kansas City this weekend. It is a new day, Kansas City. It's okay to breathe. This game's coming 4.30 on Saturday. I want you to enjoy it. <laughs> in today's age, it can be hard to find the time to sit down and learn more, especially when the likes of social media can be so addictive and time-consuming. So you may think you don't have time to read a book or to develop yourself, 
Well, think again. Blinkist is the only app that condenses thousands of nonfiction books into the best key takeaways and need-to-know info. So you can read or listen to them in just 15 minutes. Eight million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, to history books. I like Blinkist because... I just don't have the time to sit down with a book. You can check out all sorts of popular books right now. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Becoming by Michelle Obama. Start with Why by Simon Sinek. The Four-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Fire and Fury Inside the Trump White House by Michael Wolf, And so many other titles. So head on over right now for a limited time. Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience Go to Blinkist.com slash good morning to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash good morning to start your free seven-day trial. Blinkist.com slash good morning. The league is full of personalities, so don't usually get the love they deserve, and that's where good morning football comes in. Let's find out the stories we should have been paying attention to this week's underappreciated storylines. Every week we like to shine a little spotlight on some players, moments, coaches, storylines that are not getting nearly enough attention around the league. These are underappreciated storylines. Well, let's get right to it, Kay. All right. So when it comes to this weekend, we can talk years off about Nick Foles or Todd Gurley's of the world, but my underappreciated storyline, I want to talk about a guy's the definition of what you want in a player. A player. Football, fashion, personality. Tight end for Kansas City Chiefs, Mr. Travis Kelsey. All right, all right. Let's start on the field with some football. Two-time All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowler. Set the Chiefs' single-season record for tight ends with 103 catches. Oh, you know, yeah. He also led the league in receiving yards for a tight end since entering the league in 2013. No, 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 no. Not Gronk, but Kelsey. You guys remember when they used to call him Baby Gronk? That sounds weird yeah. right now, doesn't it? 87. Mm-hmm. All right, so when it comes to football, we can check that box. Next up, fashion. And my man got that one on lock. I mean, look at him at the NFL honors. It's good. Oh, that's sweet. How about him rocking the overcoat before the Browns game? Ooh, <laughs> I see you. Okay, well, how about, how about this one right here? My man got the swag for days. Oh, that's awesome. Baby, that look expensive. Well, what, about, what about this one? You, you got my man does it on and off the field. All right, so the point is... about his Instagram handle being Killer Trav? You feel me? You feel me, Killer Trav? Because he's killing him with fashion. Drifting. So he's fashionable. Oh, he's fashionable. Oh, okay, so we can check that. That's check, check. Now, finally, personality. We all remember the show, the reality show, Catch yeah. Kelsey. Okay. I don't, actually. Uh, you did? No, okay. No, well, we got to watch it do a commercial break. I do. And for most players, that'll be enough. But what about his celebrations, though? The dude does it all. It could be him giving love to Hulk Hogan, him showing off his dance moves... Him doing the perfect Stone Cold Stunner like we just saw you. Like, my man tells us and shows us all that we can have fun and still dominate on the field. So that's check, check, and check. So this weekend, what you have to look forward to, let's see. On the field, the Colts defense has been the worst in the league against tight ends. So let's just expect him to have a big day football-wise. That's X's and O's. Fashion-wise, I know my man is cooking up something real fly, so pay attention to when he walks into the locker room. And personality, it's just like when he catches the ball. I'm pretty sure he's going to have all the ladies out there wishing they could catch Kelsey. So pay attention to Travis Kelsey. I want to show him some love. He's underappreciated on 
and off the field. <laughs> Total package, isn't he? He got a little his bit. His dance moves, are, are they break all the rules. Oh, he got the mean? sauce. This doesn't sound like an underappreciated, but like his brothers, Jason. That's what I was just thinking that. How are they related? The like two of the biggest personalities in the game are brothers. We never talk That's about true. that. How about those genetics? So They're so different. Eli and Peyton, I get. The Watt brothers, absolutely. Those Kelsey brothers, what the hell happened? Are they, are they different, though? Because they <laughs> both know. love attention. They do. They just do it a different they way. Yes, Cleveland they're different. Heights, Ohio. In their balls. They're different. They love attention, though. Think about the outfits. Yeah. Mummers and the swag. I gotta get same thing. That. that just blew my mind a little bit. I brothers. forgot that they were brothers. That's the underappreciated. <laughs> and they're both dominant. I know, right? Both playing in the final eight. All right. Guys, I ask you, I ask the folks at home, who is the most famous person that went to your high school? Okay. Kyle, I did some work. The most famous person who went to your high school, Stevenson High School in Illinois, is women's hoops legend Tamika Catchy. Ooh, I see a ball. Yeah. There she is. What's same up, class Tamika? as me. Yeah, same She's class. the same class? 97, yeah. She's a classmate of mine. Is she killing on the court? It, was, it would win games by 90 points. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Literally 90 points. Hey, the most famous person from your high school, Whitney Young Magnet ow, High School ow. in Chicago, is former first lady yeah. Michelle Obama. That's a pretty good notable alumni <laughs> section. How about that? Nate, Chicago Public Schools, baby. Nate, you went to O'Day High School in Washington yeah. State, the same school mm-hmm. as PGA legend Talk and about Tin it. Cup co-star <laughs> Freddie Couples. Freddie no Couples. Way. No way. Yeah. Freddie Couples. You know what music video he was in? Uh, Hootie and the Bowfish. Oh, was he? Yes. Jim oh, Caviezel, on the too. golf course. Of course. Yes. Thanks. How about you? Freehold Township High School in New Jersey. Freehold? My alma mater. How about the actor Cal Penn? My guy! From the Harold and Kumar movies. Kumar! Oh, Did you know good. him? He was older than me, but yes. yes. He, knew he went there. You ever go to White Castle with him? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Harold it's quite and a Kumar. trip. Yeah, literally. Now, what if I told you that there is one high school in Texas that has produced two different Super Bowl MVPs? Mm. And that the two Super Bowl MVPs are both current starters in the NFL. And that the two Super Bowl MVPs from the same high school in Texas are named Nick Foles and Drew Brees. Folks, I want to introduce you to Westlake High School in Austin, Texas. Let's do it. While Brees led Westlake to the school's only state championship in 1996, it was Nick Foles, 10 years later, who broke all of Brees' career records for passing yards and touchdowns. Brees played tennis as a kid, even facing Andy Roddick multiple times when they were teens. And Brees lettered in baseball and basketball in addition to football. Foles, meanwhile, and Nate, I know you'll love this, a nasty high school hopes legend in Texas. Three-year varsity starter at Westlake, and then led the district in rebounding as a sophomore. I what? No idea. Mm. Foles is six foot six. He got looks from college basketball programs like, oh, I don't know, Division One powerhouses, what? including Georgetown and Arizona State. What? But he told them no because he wanted to concentrate on football, and all those schools backed off. <clears throat> How many high schools in the nation can boast two NFL players, let alone two NFL quarterbacks, let alone two Super Bowl MVP yeah. quarterbacks? One, that's it. Westlake High School in Austin, Texas. The crazy part, they aren't the only awesome alumni from the school. Okay. Let's hear it. Okay. Let's get Come into on. the list. Justin Tucker, what? the Ravens kicker, also went to Westlake High. That middle guy, that's Kelly Gruber, the old Toronto Blue Jays third guy. Gruber? Flattering pick. Whose tops 1988 card every single viewer at home has about eight <laughs> of in their mother's basement in a shoebox somewhere. Kelly Gruber, hello. Billy Ripken, too, or not? Yes, Billy Ripken. Different wording on the baseball bat. 
How about that last guy, Rich Riley? Oh, that's the CEO of the app Shazam. Oh, what's Shazam. up, Rich? He was a Westlake chaparral. Yes, sir. <laughs> Tell you what, when I hear that song, I say, who sings it? It's Dua Lipa. Thank you, Rich Riley. For so, that so he got a little bit of money. I think he's doing all right. The list goes on and on. But the bottom line is this. On Sunday, two Super Bowl MVPs who went to the same high school 10 years apart and who were both highly accomplished students and athletes in second sports will be squaring off in a playoff game, not for the first time in their careers, but for the second time in their NFL careers. They did it again in 2013. The world is such a small one. And come Sunday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, though everyone in America will be watching Foles versus Breeze, I assure you that the ratings will be particularly high in Westlake Hills, in Rollingwood, and in the southwest Austin market of Texas. Guys, the Westlake High School chaparrales, this one's for you. And if there ever was a Westlake High School yearbook, that's the visual. That's all Most you need. likely to be Super Bowl MVP, <laughs> not one, but two. Crazy, crazy small world. Both those guys went to the same high school. One was the 10 years older, one's 10 years younger. Both of them so highly accomplished and have amazing stories. Westlake High, we're here for you. Chaparrals. I mean, are they going to do a watch party down there they at should, Westlake? Right? Should they go to right New the Orleans? It's really cool. They're facing right. each other this weekend. Basketball it's crazy. Court. Those are our underappreciated storylines. <laughs> My turn here on a Wednesday. And I want to show you guys a couple of plays that you've seen about a trillion times. Nate, What's let's up? take a look at this one. This is, okay. you've seen this before, right? Back in week two against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Talking Chiefs here. Mm-hmm. Tied starting the second half. Mahomes, of course. This is an insane pass, right? To Kelsey. Got, they get the lead. All right. Kyle. Yeah. You seen that one before? Yeah, and Kelsey went down and got it off the grass. I love it. Have you it. seen this one? Week four, mile high, down 10, dump off. Beautiful, right? National yeah. television. Loved yeah. it. Kelsey takes it in, brings the Chiefs within three. And Schrager. You've mm-hmm. seen them all. But this one was a couple weeks ago, week 14. Remember this? Fourth and three. Oh. Damian Williams right. gets oh. it, runs it in, and it's Gucci. Touchdown. Right? We good. We it's good. Awesome. No problem. What do all three of these well-executed plays have in common? Hmm. Mahomes MVP campaign for all of them? They're all Mahomes touchdowns, kind of. So okay. that, that's, there's that. Came in big games. Everyone's watching. That's yeah. true. Yeah. How about they all happened after a timeout? Right Ooh. after a timeout. Okay. I feel like for most people, myself included, when you think about Andy Reid and timeouts, it doesn't really ring positive in your mouth, right? But this isn't about his clock management. This is about how Andy Reid uses timeouts to get into the right call. First out, off, shout out to Paul Noonan from Acme Packing Company, uh, SB Nation's site for the Packers. He put this crazy deep dive information together, and he found that Andy Reid has the highest success rate with plays immediately following a timeout wow. among all coaches. <laughs> We did a little bit more digging here on Good Morning Football. So taking a look at all the offensive timeouts that Reed called outside of the two-minute warning, 40% of those drives ended in a touchdown. That's a pretty good percentage when it comes to getting in the end zone. And if you're a little confused about this, imagine you're out at a bar, you're chatting someone up all night, and maybe you're about to make a mistake. You don't see that there's, you know, a question you should avoid or something wrong. All of a sudden you're able to freeze time and get advice from your buddy. And this isn't just anybody taking the time out. It's like Ryan Gosling in oh, Crazy yeah, Stupid best. Love, right? A perfect guy who knows his stuff. In this situation, you're Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid is Ryan Gosling. It's probably the first time Andy Reid's been compared to <laughs> Ryan Gosling, but that's okay. Andy Reid's basically like the Zach Morris of the NFL, who can like time out when anything is going wrong to address the situation. Zach Morris, a.k.a. Andy Reid's like, time out. 
man, this is rough. We've got a third and short and have to score. I'll be grounded for life. I better figure out what I'm going to tell Pat or this guy from Bayside is going to go by the wayside. Something cheesy like right. that. Time <laughs> in and they score. What I'm trying to say is when Andy Reid's taking an early timeout, He's doing it for a great reason, and it's really effective. Ooh. I like hearing this because people have made up their minds about yes. Andy Reid and timeouts, and that's just something that they just go with. Not to be confused with time management. And that sure. percentage, uh. the numbers we did, so we strictly took them away from the two-minute warning to sort of get away from I like that. that. Can, I go, one, can early, I go one further for you? They are 17-3 and three after the bye week, Andy Reid teams. Yeah. Meaning 20 years, 17-3 means when he actually has a full week to prepare, even better. Chiefs and Andy Reid, he's the mastermind when it comes to preparation. And it's just in-game management. Can you get it done? Well, when he's, with the timeouts, I mean, he's taking them at the right times. When he sees something he doesn't like, that maybe his young quarterback, what a perfect match those two have together. And it's been so no much of their success this year. Reid says to Mahomes, be better than the gap. Mm. Right? That's the thing. <laughs> um, the Chargers have a huge, huge road game coming up. And my underappreciated is exactly how good, how incredible Phillip Rivers is on the road. His ability to block out the noise. And we saw it in Baltimore in ways that we have never seen. I'm not just talking about the noise from the Ravens' pass rush, the noise from the Ravens' fans, the noise from the Super Schrager fans asking him to kiss babies and sign body parts. Yeah. There was a lot of that going on. There was something else that people picked up on the broadcast and social media. I don't know how it happened, but in MNC Bank Stadium, during the Chargers-Ravens game, there was a recurring, relentless, shrill, air horn, banshee scream like a purple Buvuzela <laughs> that people were freaking about. Listen closely, and you'll hear it. All these incredible things going on in that game. Uh, Lamar, should Flacco come in? Yeah, the Chargers going to blow it. People are tweeting about the sound. Show the tweets, please, my friend, as people are watching this incredible football game. What is it I'm hearing during the Chargers? Did someone bring Beaker from the Muppets <laughs> to this Beaker. game? Next tweet. I love Beaker. Me, me. Um, sounds like I'm hearing an actual Raven getting shocked by lightning. Chargers versus Baltimore. Relentless. And you know what? Even it. through all of that, Look at Rivers. Amazing. No picks, no fumbles, no big deal. And I truly believe that he has a real ability to block out sound. And I'm not being making light of this. I think some of it must be due to his home life. I mean this to every <laughs> father and every mother out there. I got two kids at home, and it is World War III sometimes, just coming home, just sitting there, talking about anything without a drill into my head. And so I'm going to talk about this, right? I'm going to do my job. Let's talk about the Chargers. Let's talk about the Chargers on the road. People want to say they're 7-1. and one. Really, they're 13-4. and four. They beat the crowd every single week. I respect the stadium they're subletting for a few years, but let's read it louder. A lot of road fans get in there. Louder. That's why right from the Chargers, they must just be rolling their eyes hearing the Rams have to deal Freaks with a few Cowboys fans in their stadium. But this game for the Chargers in Foxborough will be one with defense. Who 
who are the guys that have won there in the playoffs? Mark Sanchez and a young Flacco. I look at Ingram and Bosa. I see a young Terrell Suggs, a young Calvin Pace, Sean Ellis. Phil Rivers has never beaten Tom Brady, but that Chargers D can beat him to a pulp. To are we there goal, yet? You gotta butcher the goat. That's it, guys. That's simple. I'm just sitting here doing my job like Phil does. What were you guys reacting to? My Chargers takes? I thought they were I gotta keep good. it real. I have no idea what you just said. Like, I'm not even joking around. What are you talking about? I could about? not understand anything you said. You're talking about the pass rush of the Chargers and how you need to beat Brady down to beat him. You got kids. You understand, right? I, I know exactly. what. That's why I didn't try to listen to I you because I knew the kids were there. You said. Well, you try it. What do you want to say about the Chargers? Well, it, okay, all right. I'll give it a try. Well, listen, the Chargers are, are going up against Tom Brady and Foxborough, and when you look at the difficulties, Tom Brady having that record over the quarterbacks in the postseason. Nate, I'm hungry. When it comes to Tom Brady, Nate, he tired. has the legitimacy to go. What are you and Mommy doing in there, Nate? I'm going to go shopping. I can't do it. It's a special skill that I am working on. I'm merely a Padawan, but however, when he goes to Foxborough this weekend, he is Darth Sidious of blocking noise out. I'll have you know that my two children were in the bathtub last night recording lines into my phone about watching Moana and wanting popcorn, and I still sat here and didn't even hear it for one second. That's what Phil Rivers <laughs> needs in Foxborough, the concentration ninja-like. So <laughs> those it. are your kids in that audio right there. What audio? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to talk about football for once and do my job. You guys are talking about this nonsense. If you have an underappreciated storyline that we didn't give enough love to, please hit us up at hashtag GMFB. Your tweets help fuel our show. In today's age, it can be hard to sit down and learn more. You may think you don't have time to read a book. Well, think again. Blinkist is the only app that condenses thousands of nonfiction books into the best key takeaways so you can read or listen to them in just 15 minutes. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash good morning to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash good morning to start your free seven-day trial. Blinkist.com slash good morning. Thanks for tuning in to the Good Morning Football Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on all our channels and come back tomorrow for some more fun. So from all of us here at GMFB, have a good morning and a great day. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.